Hello, everyone, and we're back. This is The Real Pursuit. My name is Trent. And this is Ben. We made it to episode two. We are here. Not divorced. We still have our jobs. We got some really good feedback. Trent, uh, what do you, what do you, real quick, what do you one? think is a better milestone? Episode two or episode 100? Because two says, hey, we started something and we kept going. 100, you've already been doing it. What do you think the bigger milestone is? I'd say 50. 50? 50 puts you almost at a year if you do one a week. Okay. And most, I feel like a lot of podcasts make it or break it at that point. You find out where you're really at. You get your feel for yourself. Okay. We'll have a more professional intro. <laughs> you don't like that intro? I do like the intro, but you know, like the voiceover is like, welcome to the real pursuit. With your host. But anyways, no, awesome. I felt the first one went really well. How about you? Yeah, I thought it went really well. Um, it's a learning experience, right? How do you how do you sit there and talk into a mic when you've never done it before? Right, right. It was fun though. I mean, we drank some Ryan Guys IPAs, kind of yeah. heavy. Felt yeah. really good, but um, overall, I thought I thought it went pretty well. I think the next couple episodes, we're obviously gonna get feelers out, get it get it worked out, and get some feedback from people like we're always asking. But I think we're on the right path. I think we're gonna make it work. Yeah, I think we're I think we're doing everything right. Um, Trent said, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to record the first five episodes, um, send out feelers, make sure everything looks good, sounds good. And, uh, we'll, we'll put all the five of those out at once. And then the goal we just is going to be an episode every Wednesday and Friday. Right. Correct. Yep. Awesome. Today's the 22nd. So we got a couple more. We want to knock out, get a good set of them for you guys to listen to, get some feedback, but we're going to keep them going. I think two a week, it's pretty ambitious. <laughs> Two a week. <laughs> pretty ambitious, but I think we can do it. I mean, we got plenty to talk about ourselves. We're pretty talkative, um, which brings us into... Well, wait, 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 wait. What did Taylor, your wife, think about the first episode? I uh, She... Taylor's super critical. Like, she, she, is, she is my biggest cheerleader and my biggest critic. And when she didn't have anything negative to say, except for the fact... I guess I signed off. Peace out, homies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I won't do that again. Okay. No peace out, homies. No peace out, okay. homies. So see you later, friends. There you go. Amy thought it was pretty good. Yeah. She legit enjoyed it. I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. She's like, I was trying to be objective and, you know, because I kind of know you guys, but pretty good. Angela Dofi out front. She enjoyed it a lot. Director of First Impressions. Yes. Thank you for that. She enjoyed it. So I think we got something. We'll keep it working. We'll try to make it as good each time or even better. So we'll see. But I think that brings us to our first, our topic for today, our actual first conversational piece. Our first real episode. Adult conversation. Yeah. We are going to talk about um, the NFL and uh, sports. And I'm lying. Yes, I know you're lying. It's a real estate podcast. I'm just enjoying my white claw, so. Yeah, it's Friday, Memorial Day weekend. Let me enjoy it. <laughs> but no, I think we're going to talk about the pandemic or the lack thereof or however you view it, but kind of how it has or has not affected our business. I mean, I don't know about you, Ben, but it reports typically you hear New York, you hear California, the big cities. They're locked down. I think California is going another three months Jeez. and New York is whatever right now who knows pretty much lockdown not really doing anything but it's a little different here it's totally different here and i think what they're what they're seeing in those cities that are hit really hard is is awful and i feel i feel terrible for those families but it's 
we're not seeing that here. Um, we're actually, see- I, I have not, I don't know personally of any cases. Um, I know that there are cases in our, in our County, mm-hmm. but I don't personally, I personally don't know somebody affected. Um, but it, it is a terrible thing that we're going through and, and all the people that have lost their jobs. But in our, in our business, I haven't, I haven't seen much of a, an effect. I, I don't know no. about you. <laughs> I, I've, I looked at it kind of different one. I feel like it's made our job a lot harder because if you guys don't know the lending side of things, the lenders have really tightened up their credit scores. What, what jobs, all the, all the lending side made it tougher. And then the lack of listings coming to the market, the the lack of listing. So when, when COVID hit and we went under lockdown, I had, I mean, we maybe had seven, eight pending at the time and I had seven or eight get delayed. Mm-hmm. And it was just with new uh, lending guidelines. I lost a couple because people were furloughed or laid off. And it was a, this initial hit was a punch from Mike Tyson. I thought the world was about to to end. Um, I mean, I, I think we talked. I lost seventy percent of my first that month's projected income mm. in about okay. a week. Okay. So for what it, it was it early on in the month or the following month, seventy percent of it had either been pushed or lost. Right, and I was like, "If this is what we're going into, buckle Dude, up, strap it's up." So it's so dynamic. Obviously, we're not economic experts at all, but it's super unique because it's not just one side of the market crashing or economics. The government shut everybody down. I'm not gonna lie. For the first three weeks, I stayed at home, watched my kid because we don't want to send the babysitter. We were kind of concerned about everything. But after that, three weeks, we we're kind of noticing. Okay, yeah, people died. We got sick, but it wasn't what they thought it was, which is fine. Which is great. Yeah. It's great. We were, I was perfectly cool with DeWine, who's our guy in Ohio, shutting things down. He was actually ahead. He was the first one to do it. And I was 100% because no one understood what was going on. But luckily, he's finally starting to roll things back. Not as much as I would like. I'd say, hey, just go do it. If you're, you know, if you have issues, stay home. But what it's affecting, like Ben kind of got to, is furloughs and layoffs. Because what the lender was looking at is, hey, we need a pay stub. And then it turned into, we just need someone from your HR saying, hey, he's coming back to work. And then it went to, nope, we need to see that pay stub again. So I got a closing that's being kicked out 60 days, two months down the road. We're supposed to close in April. We're hoping to close mid-June, maybe end of June now. We, we couldn't do 9 a.m. closings because they were doing verification of employment, VOE, that day. Yeah. They're doing like three days out where it used to be like two weeks out. Yeah. They could get verification. I mean, this it, it was... It was crazy. Now, I, what whatever they're doing to open up, I, I'm, I'm excited for. But I, I want to talk about what we've done in our business and, and the kind of hit we've seen. Trent and I right. think the last time we talked have different opinions, and it's good that we haven't heard each other's takes. I'm going to go ahead and give mine on what I think is going to happen with the market, the real estate market. And I'll tell you why you're wrong. And, that, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you why I'm right when it happens. But so at the beginning of the year, we always hear um, people are waiting till spring. They're waiting till March. Uh, call me in March to put my home on the market, and that's January, February. So what I what I tell people is you've got two months worth of inventory built up to go on the market on March. Right now, I'm getting people saying after COVID, after right. COVID, which may be July, August. So now we've got January, February, March, April, May, June, and if we go to July, so we've got six months worth of inventory built up. And I know for a fact both of our businesses haven't slowed down on on buyers buying our houses. No. So we've got all these buyers who have shown up pretty relentlessly buying houses and they're still actively out there. We're getting multiple offers on this, but no sellers are putting their houses on the market. 
So come July, we're going to have this huge influx of inventory and all those buyers that they were hoping for in March have already bought houses because some people did put them. Okay, I'm making a note of that, but keep going. And so I think it's not going to be 08, 09, and neither one of us were selling real estate in that, but we've heard the horror stories of houses sitting on the market for a year and people could go through it two, three, four, five times, a huge $20,000 price reductions, having to finance a portion of it themselves. I mean, real bloodbath stuff. It's not going to get to that. But I, I am thinking that we're going to see less multiple offer situations. Yeah, we could not be any more different. I, I know, I know, and, and we'll see who's right. Hopefully, we're still. That's hopefully, awesome. at, okay. at episode fifty, we'll be able to see who's right and who's wrong. Uh, we'll do a, we'll do a, what are they, a naked lap around the office for who is. Right. <laughs> but I, I uh, this is uh, old school. Yeah, yeah, old school. Um, but that, that's what I think that we're just going to see this huge influx of inventory, and it's not going to make a, a huge, it's not going to make it a, a massive buyer's market, but I think it, it will be beneficial to the buyers in the coming months. Beer me. I need a beer for this one. All right. I'm, I'm, I want to hear this. I'll be all dunking on you like Shaq. So you're correct. I do believe we got a lot of people that held out to list their house till later. hundred percent. Problem is we've had these buyers on the market this entire time trying to buy a house, still competitive. I have multiple buyers trying to get houses. We'll lose out because people will, Still multiple offers going on the property. But there's also buyers waiting because of COVID as well. So I think those houses are going to come to the market. And I think the buyers are still going to be there in the market. So it's still going to be multiple multiple offers. It's going to be short um, days on market. Really low inventory still because a new study came out. New builds dropped 30% in April. Okay, now that's across the nation, not necessarily Ohio, but we already don't have enough houses specifically being built here. The only houses being built are higher end houses, which we know the luxury market in Ohio is like 500 up. Or prefab. Prefab, or, you know, six months plus on the market. There's just plenty of high end homes. No one has the money. There doesn't make sense to build that lower end house because there's not as much money in there they can't afford to. A $120,000 house is actually a $200,000 build. So I think you're still going to have, it's just going to be a cluster. I want to say something else, a cluster of buyers and sellers all at once. It's going to be a mad dash for houses. I think you're still going to have multiple offers. You're going to be running around like crazy trying to get So houses. you think the market is going to go up? You think yeah. we're going to have, do you think, do you think August looks better 2020 than August of 2019? Yeah, 100%. August is going to look better. I think even September where, you know, things chill out, September, October, November, it chills out. I think it's still going to be a mad dash because people are starting to put their houses back on the market now. They're coming up on the market, new listings. You still got all those buyers out there. I mean, even if even if buyers fell off, I thought maybe buyers would slow down because of COVID, and they haven't, in my opinion, just what I've seen. I totally agree. I thought they would, so I thought maybe it would make things easier because even if buyers dropped off by half, we're still at such a low monthly inventory. I think they want six months of inventory. is a healthy, steady market with a 6% interest rate. So if you're at at least six months, that'd be... What that basically means, buyers have time to make a decision. Houses don't overinflate with price. You're pretty much good to go. So in my, my mind, that's how that's going to go. It's just a bunch of houses. You still got all the buyers, and people are going to run around like crazy trying to get those houses. They come to the market. You have limited builds coming up, which the whole issue here is across the whole nation, there's not enough new houses being built anyways. That's why we're in this situation. So, then so that's where you're running into. Let me ask you this. What changes? You can't tell me that... Nothing is going to be different in August of 2020 and 2021 
than August in 2019. What is no, what so is different in sales, the real estate market? So sales are going so Dayton MLS just had their MLS come out. We had less volume and I think less units come out or whatever. But that's only because people didn't put the house on the market. Yeah, like that's they a pandemic. Would. I April, totally agree. April and May is the highest number. So if you're going to sell your house, April and May is the best time to put it on your on your house in the market because you get the highest price and it sells the fastest. But people don't realize, I swear, when people put out studies, they don't think the housing market's 30, 60 days behind, right? So when we saw all these local agents were like, oh, May's still going great. Look at all these sales. I'm like, idiots, that's from March. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> that's from April. That's from March. You know, it's it's a month back. That's why April is now showing a lower volume unit because you're just seeing it from March. So what people understand is you're behind. Everyone pushed in February and March to get their houses closed and deals done because credit score requirements were shooting up. Like Chase went up to like, he had had a 20% down um, and he had had like a 700 credit score. And I had people, like I had a buyer, like we just closed the other last week. Man, we went from a VA to a this to, you know, they dropped from 620. Now they had to go to 580. It was crazy what they had to get to um, to make the deal happen. Well, we did it, but everyone was pushing in February to March. So that was really high numbers. April was low because there are no houses to buy. But what's going to be different? What is going to be different after this is all over? Is it, it whether it's I don't know if it's ever going to be over the way people are treating this? But something has to change, right? Out of every, is it? Well, here's what we're looking at. You have a giant. Now I'm not an economist, so take my so word for suck. The whole market, the market's not done. I don't care about the stock market. It does not reflect economics. Does not reflect. I mean, jobs are the highest job loss ever, and the market's still going up. So. The only thing that scared me originally didn't. I thought everyone was going to get their jobs back right away. And Amy was always like, no. And I think she's kind of get to the point, right, where people are getting furloughed. They may not get their job back full time. I think a year, six months, a year, that's where I think real estate's going to have an issue because the interest rates eventually have to go up. We're almost record low. We're they're predicting almost going negative from the federal side, which means below two or below three, two and a half percent for a buy side. And I'm thinking 20 years out now, those people would buy a house at two and a half percent. And then, you know, 20 years, 15 years, if the interest rate's like seven, eight percent, they're gonna be like, what the hell? I am not paying four times the interest rate. And they're gonna stay in their house forever. Where's their buying power at that point? Right. There's no buying power because every time the interest rate goes up one percent, you lose 10% of purchase power. So a hundred thousand dollar buyer turns into 90 and then to 80 and all that stuff. So I honestly think we're gonna see the effect of all of this happening if the employment Unemployment doesn't go down drastically by November, December. Um, there's not going to be much of a Christmas for some people. I honestly believe that. It just depends. Now, it's just a prediction. No one has any idea because no one's been through a pandemic where you shut down the entire economy um, like this. So if it's going to be interesting, man. It, it, yeah, if you've been through a pandemic, please call in with your advice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Was uh, it Spanish flu 1913? Yeah. So I something that we started doing in our advertising, I want your opinion on it because this is – this is a direction I think we're going in. When I first got into the business, um, Matterport and these 3D tours were yeah. coming out, and I thought they were pointless. I thought that these agents who were doing these 3D Matterport walkthroughs, I think it was slow. It was mm -hmm. I, I saw no value in it. Mm -hmm. Then COVID-19 happens, <laughs> yeah. and every single one of our listings has the 3D Matterport. And when you schedule one of our listings, we're sending you this 3D Matterport, the, 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 the virtual walkthrough. And the reason we're doing that 
is because they've already been inside your house. Our sellers, and that's how we've been kind of easing our, our seller stress. So we're saying, hey, if somebody wants to see your house, we send them this 3D tour so they can technically walk through it before they've been out to your house. And if right. they like that walkthrough, then they're coming through, been through your house already. And if they don't, they're going to cancel your showing. So we've seen less showings on our on our listings, but a higher percentage of showings to offers. You have. I have. Hmm. So we had, um, for example, I had one, and it doesn't. the school district doesn't matter because it doesn't mean anything to you, but we, we listed a, a three-bedroom, two-bath brick ranch with a finished basement. One offer, one showing because of the virtual tour. I think that we're going to see a lot more of that and it being a lot more beneficial because when years ago, it was an MLS book with just one photo and you flip through the book. Then it became on the MLS, which was an internet search, but there were still no photos. We still have agents out here who aren't paying for professional photography. Ridiculous. Do not, if you hire an agent that does that on 300, like in Ohio, three, 400 or high end homes, higher end homes. If you have an agent who takes his cell phone and take a photo on a three four hundred thousand dollar house that that's my yeah that's the minimum an agent should do is that, have a professional photographer that minimum. is my one advice yeah quick interjection i'm going to preach that to the preach that out loud Trent. if you are interviewing an agent and that agent is not will, willing to pay two hundred dollars for professional photos sometimes even less than that you need to say thank you for coming out but you're wasting your time Yes, because if they aren't willing to invest two hundred dollars to advertise your home, they're not worth a damn. Probably not. So I mean, let's go back. Okay, so the Matterport. Mm. I, I so I think that I, I think so. It, it went to now we now you have professional photos on Zillow. I think that the Matterport will be some Matterport or three D walkthrough. I don't think video of homes is really worthwhile because it's you're pausing and you've got to stop and you can't zoom what Matterport, if you don't know it, it it's, it's a 3d walkthrough. You can zoom in, zoom out on a doorknob. And I think that that will be something that is very useful to come out of our photographer. And I'm going to get his numbers wrong, but he was telling me when he was before COVID-19, he was doing maybe 12 Matterports a month and last month he did 120. Wow. Wow. But I mean, that makes sense for that time. I honestly think, I don't care if you have Matterport, a VR tour, which I mean, they pitch VR hard, but the world is not ready. Everyone's got to have that equipment to the do it. The world is not ready for VR. Definitely not ready stores. for it. I think Matterport's a nice feature. Does it sell a house? No. In my, in my opinion, it doesn't sell a house. It might, the, the person can click through. I didn't say it sold a house. What I right. said is you are going to get less traffic through your door because somebody's already been in your house. Virtually. I don't know. I don't. Okay. I got two. I got two points on that. One. I don't like that because I want the people to come through whether they're going to like it or not. Cause either I can go back to that agent, say, have the show and go. Are you sure your people aren't interested? I want them no matter what I want. So I want people to come through that door more the merrier. Why? Because they get in there, they see it where they may not have thought they liked it. And it gives me a point of contact, whether I get their information from the open house or they call me to show it. Cause one, I want to get buyers. So I'll, I'll have someone call me. Maybe I don't want them to know that they don't like it. Right. Or two, maybe they do go through it. At first it wasn't a first choice, but then they realized there is nothing out there and that's not that bad of a house. 
and I don't think Matterport. Matterport's great for their current situation, but everyone still is going to everyone's still going to want to go through that house. I'd rather actually have them go through so they can get eyes on and compare it to other homes than just take a digital tour, which you can't get the 3D essence of what a house is, no matter what on the matter Matterport. I like it. I might use it and get it here some point, but I don't. I don't know, man. I don't think it. I don't think it's a good thing if it's bringing less people into your house. That's not a good. That'd be like Walmart saying, "Here's all of our items. Don't come in unless you see something you want." <laughs> so it's a little different because you're yeah. not buying a stick of gum, but I still want the traffic in the door. It's something to talk to the seller about. Saying we had a hundred people in, five people were really interested, no offers. Then I'd rather have that than. 40 people in some people interested, no offers. And I can see when a seller is like, well, they didn't come through the house. Yeah. I try having that conversation. Yeah. You, you had a hundred people walk through it virtually. But and they're going to go be like, so you're telling me your Matterport, which you sold me on during your listing presentation, actually prevented people from coming to my house and probably prevented people writing offers. See, time will tell. Now look at how, look yeah, at, I don't the, know. The, I mean, New York, New York, California, where you're completely locked down, where in Ohio, you could still go show houses. We're essential. What were they doing in Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, if you don't know, was shut down. Like real estate was shut. Oh, that's down. right. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, how do you? How do yeah. you? I I. <laughs> once they said real estate was essential business, and I get it. People have buy sell houses, but and they said we could go into people's homes and show them and do open houses. Still, I was like, this cannot be that bad. I honestly, <laughs> I was like, you're talking about just random people coming through your house, and they're gonna let that happen while there's a pandemic going through. Okay. It can't be super dangerous. I understood title companies. That's just my opinion, but I didn't think it was that bad. You still have to go see it. The point being, you still have to go see the house. You still have to go into it. The only people who buy from a distance are usually military personnel or someone transferring. They have to buy and they can't get out here. And they're actually just taking it. That's a forced situation, which is pretty extreme that most people won't go to. If you're 30 minutes away, 20 minutes away from the house, you're going to go drive by it. You're going to go drive. You're going to go to it. Okay. Okay, so so Matterport is a nice marketing tool, but it will not yeah. sell the house. In your opinion, in my, now if you have a, someone buying that can't go see it, hundred percent might sell the house. But I think that's where the walkthrough happens. I honestly, where where I differ from you, I think a walkthrough video, like a good one, not not pictures with some background music, and you click through the slides. I think someone actually walking through, telling you about the house, the dimensions, and things like that, with actually a two D model, would be more. Um, I'm more of a 2D guy, so I guess it really depends on the buyer. But if I can see a 2D layout of the house, okay, I know what 12 foot is. So, okay, that's a big, good size room. You can't see that with a Matterport. Even the 3D version just looks clunky and gross to me. Um, I'd rather have a 2D version with a 3D walkthrough of Matterport than what Matterport does. Just my opinion. I mean, Fair. other buyers are. Fair. So then let's. I'll buy it. Obviously, we're at totally different standpoints. I mean, Trent thinks that not right now that the market's going to go up. I think the market's going to flip. Um, well, go up in what? I, I think Let's clarify. I, you you were saying that it will be a mad dash for buyers and sellers in the coming months. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a. I mean, we already seen where people are getting frustrated staying home. So I think here, here's here's it's the, not here, as bad. People here, who aren't scared are going to be out there in, I'm in seconds. Now, I'm writing this down right now, Trent. Yeah, October. We'll, we'll we're going to do October. Okay. Pretty far out. Here's my bet. Yeah. Average days on market over under 30. I'm going to say over because you're in October, man. That's a whole different. That's past the school. Yeah, that's school time. Okay, let's go. Let's go September. September. Okay. so Under 30. 
You think under 30 in September? Yeah. Okay. Residential sales. Okay. I think it's going to be over 30 okay. in September. We'll see. What's the bet? I don't know. If You're a betting guy. The loser... <laughs> The, the loser of this bet has to release a 15-minute podcast talking about how much he appreciates the other person. 15 minutes? 15 minutes. Audio and video. You have to talk to me. Let's you, do five minutes. A five minute of how great the other person is. Yep. No, okay. yep, no sarcasm. Enough. October. Wait, we're going September, so that will be released in October. October 1st. Five-minute bonus episode. Of Ben talking about how awesome I am, how good my hair looks. For those of you who don't know, Trent's missing half his hair. That happens when you're in real estate. <laughs> and so you have a kid. So let's talk. What did you do? What what did you what have you been implementing in your business? What have you been doing in your business for the past couple months? <laughs> Trying to get my admin going. So I have been dying lately with paperwork and just getting hammered with deals. I like you said, I have I, I just had one close today 30 minutes ago. That's nine deals for May. And I'm just going crazy. I think going back to pandemic, it has made our job way tougher, a lot more effort to get deals done and closed. Right before this, it was pretty simple. Their <laughs> credit scores weren't that you didn't have to be that great. As long as you had a job, you're yeah. good. 580 credit score, pay yep. stubs, everything was good to go. You Things were that. smooth. Now it just threw in a cluster because I went in the mindset. I was watching my kid for three weeks while I was doing this, not really working or prospecting, thinking, man, we're going to be shut down for how long? I was kind of in the mindset. And then DeWine came out saying, no. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I, I'm the type of guy, you tell me I got to go run 12 miles, I'm good. But if it, midway through, you say, hey, it's actually 16, I break down. <laughs> I, I, I just, I get mind fucked and I'm just like, no. And I just like, it messed me up. So I just been trying to implement basic situations or get my admin up to speed to take over some of that paperwork. Cause it is a lot. Um, but nothing crazy. I mean, I'm just really trying to capitalize where I think other agents were sleeping at the wheel. Um, I would agree with that. I am just trying to like hit it hard and keep going. Um, pros and cons of that, but I'm just trying to take advantage again, only three years into it. I'm still trying to build my base and get my foundation set. So, so you, you, you took, hard. you took COVID-19, the and, and being quarantined as a as a reset to get organized um so you could prepare for this influx mm. getting your administrative staff all set up and i would organized. say no i actually completely horribly dropped the ball okay. like i did not i did uh, not do anything now right. i'm interested tell me yeah. how bad you are uh, not bad <laughs> not bad just it's just trusting you know i could i told someone the other day actually one of my clients i was like i could work 20 hours a day seven days a week the entire month and maybe do everything I need to be. I mean, if you, my Facebook, I would usually, every time someone bought a house, I'd tell the whole story of the transaction, like the good, the bad, all, whatever happened in it. So people can kind of understand. It's not like, oh, hey, I hope the client buy a house. It's, hey, we went to buy this house. We ran this loan issue. We had to change loans, change lenders, do all this. The sellers were really great. The listing agent, were really blah, blah, blah. I tell the whole story because I think that's more intriguing. People understand it. I haven't, I'm probably 16 posts behind on sold pendings, buyers, sellers, all that stuff. So I am way behind it. Ooh, Janitor just, our cleaning guy just walked in. 
we got to get a new place, bro. We, we've got to figure out something. <laughs> the, t- 27 my, minutes in. This is better than last time when we're hearing all the random noises. My my uh, my wife at the beginning of our podcast on episode numero uno said that there was just this awkward silence because Trent and I were not ready for distractions, obviously, episode <laughs> one. And somebody walked by our office, and I think we both just stared at him. And we we're like, it's and so she, bad. she goes, uh-oh. This isn't going to be good. <laughs> I think that was five That's minutes hilarious. in. So if you if you made it past five minutes, you're a trooper. Thank you for that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 27 minutes in before your first distraction, a door gets open. But no, I just uh, I'm just falling behind on like the marketing side. I guess you could say like at, like me personally, just trying to get more clients. I really my other clients, I kept the ball rolling. Um, but the things I used to do, like I just do did not and do not have the time for. So that's I got to get my admins coming in pretty much full-time now so I can get her rolling 100% on transaction side. So if you're working with me, Abby will be reaching out to you to get the paperwork done. Um, and that's really going to help. I think one thing they talk about some of the books we read with being a real estate agent is you hire for where you're going, not where you're at. Yes. <laughs> and I started this process a long time ago. If you do career visioning, it's a pain in the ass. Um, but I realized, yep, I'm three months behind where I should have hired an admin. And so let's talk about that. Yeah. So Trent, Trent obviously planned. He did eight, nine deals in May. So he's, you know, if you look at that on track to do a hundred deals this year, um, and he should have hired an admin at fifty deals. I should hire. I should, yeah. Well, so I, I, if you were sales yeah. focused, if yeah. like like Trent and I are not paperwork people. Not at all. So we are very much sales focused. We're good at that. We're good at getting in front of people and talking with our clients and, and making sure they're happy. But when it comes to what a lot of people don't see is the back end stuff of a real estate transaction. Right. And Trent and I are have not learned to be proficient in that. I am better than you. <laughs> I am way better than you. I walked in Ben's office and he just has sheets of paper laying on the ground for like two weeks. He's like, those are all my deals. I'm like, they're on the floor. I knew where they were. <laughs> I knew everything. I've never been more organized than in that moment. But you had everything laying on the ground. Everything was laying on the ground. Oh, now, my God. I don't let, uh, I don't, our clients don't see the craziness going on, and we try to make sure everything's controlled. Correct. So, but, so what Trent's saying is he needed to hire an admin a long time ago because if he was planning on 100 deals in 2020, he needed to know that. So now he's in the middle of 2020, in, middle, in the middle of a 100 transaction year, trying to train his admin on that. And so that's what he means by um, hire for where you're going, not where you are. So don't right. don't be reactive in your hiring. Oh my gosh, I yeah. can't take this anymore. I need to hire somebody. Because proactive. by the time you get there and you hire someone, you're three months, if you take the time, you're three months out by the time you can actually find that person who's actually suitable for the job. Not not a friend of you know, you gotta, we do the whole analysis, the disc and all this other profile stuff to make, and it's really annoying as not my cup of tea. It's, it's not mine either. Super I, annoying. But they're right because what's the worst thing you do? Hire somebody and they quit two weeks, a couple months later, and you're you have no idea. You thought you got the right person and then you got started all over again. So it's worth worst, it. But what's man. the worst job you ever had? Um, what what was a job you, you said quit in two weeks? I got a couple. What what was the worst job you ever had? Worst job I ever had probably was washing the semis on washing semis. Yeah, Continental Express in the Ohio. We'd wash them, and the worst part was you had to spray the fronts when they got slammed with bugs. Like they would come in black. They were white semis, acid. So you had to spray with acid, and you had pressure washer on. And you had boots. Your feet looked like giant 
prunes because they're just soaking water. You're spraying everything with acid. Like you'd go inside the semi trailer and it would have like raw meat in it and the condenser went bad or something. So you're just spraying maggots out of the trailer and just, you're just like closing your eyes and spraying. Was your disc, was your disc profile set for spraying bugs off semi trucks? I mean, I made money. I was working with one of my best friends in high school, so it wasn't that bad, and we screwed around a lot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I never had any horrible jobs, nothing like the Mike Rocha, you know, dirty jobs, nothing that bad, but that's probably the worst one, if I had to say that. You? I worked on horse farms. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I worked on horse farms. Uh, that was pretty bad. Um, Scoop and manure. What? Scoop manure. Scoop of manure. The, Did you fall in it? So I, I don't, I got hired by this horse farm in the area and I, they called me and they needed, they needed a ranch hand is what we'll call it. And the first day I get there was we, his name, Bob. This was, this was legit. I mean, most horse farms you go through, it's yeah, we need you to muck stalls and we'll give you a hundred bucks a day and it's cash. This day, I mean, they, they ran through, they made sure I was insured so I could drive the dually. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be doing some cool stuff here. Like, this is a badass job. My first day, they gave me a weed whacker. And this is like a couple hundred ho- acre horse farm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, boy, what am I doing here? And they said, oh, we just need you to weed whack the fence. And this is like a mile of fencing. Like, miles. a lot of broken up sections of the, yeah. And I was, I, I was doing that for like three weeks until they finally let me in the stall. <laughs> I was just, I was just. <laughs> Weed whacking and people are like, oh, like how's the horse? I was like, I don't know. I'm not involved. I got it. I got my worst job now. I forgot. I worked at a tent company. So, you know, the car, there's fairs and everything. I worked for the guy that set up all these tents. So I'm talking 1800 job stuff where you're, you got <laughs> a giant metal stake, right? Because we're in tar or the ground and three dudes going around hitting with sledgehammers taking turns. <laughs> it is it is 18, 1900 stuff. Just like, like your classic what railroad. What am I doing? Yes. <laughs> I mean, work out like crazy. Didn't get paid anything. You did not know when you work until the end of the day. He's like, all right, I only need three of you guys. I'm like, what is this? The Great Depression? I feel Jeez. like I feel like I'm like, uh, whatever, that fucking boxing movie back in the day where you're like standing out on the fence. You're waiting to get picked for a job just to get a job. Dude, we'd fold up these huge ass fence or these uh, tents and they're heavy ass canvas looping together, hammering three stakes per pull. You could have 40 pulls on one. And that's just one tent. You're going to send these up fast paced. Then you had to tear them down a week later, which there's nothing more annoying. I want to do something and then I have to take it back down the next, you know, a week later. Yeah. I can't stand it, but sledgehammer around just did that all day. That was my worst job ever because I never knew when I was going to work. It was just random. I'm like, you couldn't play anything all summer. Worked with some cool guys, but that was probably my worst job. Okay. I'll take that back. What did you ever have a job that lasted a day? What was your quickest job? No, my, I would never quit a job in one day. Well, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I worked at a smoothie shop for 24 hours. Why'd you get fired? Um, I I played lacrosse growing up and it was during lacrosse season and I told him I couldn't work during lacrosse practice and they gave me a schedule and it was during lacrosse practice that I, well, you're gonna have to fire me cause I can't work these hours. <laughs> so that's hilarious. Yeah. I had a 24 hour, 24 hour gig at a smoothie shop. That's hilarious. Okay. So let's get back to it. So basically for us, if we kind of recap what we talked about so far is change the pandemic changed kind of how you marketed. Yep. It, 
I think we both agree it made our jobs way harder just to make things happen. And that goes, we talked about the buyer side, but it also goes on the seller side. Whereas you got to try and find the right deal for your sellers to accept. It's not just the money. And that's hard to convince somebody of that or tell them not to convince, but give your professional opinion on it. When you're in a multiple (laughs) offer situation, this happened to me. When you're in a multiple offer situation in the middle of a pandemic and you take the offer and two days later the guy loses his job and the other offer is not on the table anymore. Oh, no. You look... Tail between your legs. <laughs> and and there, obviously no one can predict that, right? No, you have can't two, do anything about that. So the story goes, I had two offers. Well, this deal had gone to the closing table. I don't know if I'm allowed to go. How much detail? Just don't, do. don't say the address or yeah. the people. You're good. So we... And these these are incredible sellers, and we're still we're still working with them. So the, we were the day of closing. I'm at the closing table. They had been under contract. We put the we the house had been on the market the previous year. Um, it didn't sell. We came in, told them to do a little bit more work, up the price, got multiple offers the first first day. It goes under contract. Remember, their house hasn't sold. We get to the closing table. And the buyer walks at the closing table for no reason. What? Yes. Multiple offers. They chose that offer. The buyer walks at the closing table. Then. Did, wait, wait. Did they choose it or did you say, hey, this is a really good offer? It, they, they chose it. I don't, okay. I don't okay. ever, I don't ever push my clients one way, but I think, right. the, I think the numbers were the exact same. Um, and, and, but either way, so they, they chose this offer. They walk away at the closing table. We put it back on the market. It's a great home. Multiple offers. The guy loses his job from the offer that we chose five days later and the other offers were no longer there. And that is, I'm telling you, the toughest conversation you can have after they've been on the mark for 45 days, the day of closing, expecting that wire to hit their account mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And then they go back on the market and it they lose it because of COVID-19. And that is, and if you, if you don't have a good relationship with your sellers, they are going to hate you. So a bit of advice. Yep. Make sure your sellers and your buyers like you because things will get bad in this business. It, I mean, it definitely gets bad. The point being is I like, I always tell my buyers and sellers, I was like, I'll never tell you how much money that I will never tell you what to write, what to accept because later on down the road, I, I tell them this up front. I'm like, I will never tell you how much you should spend. I'll, I'll give you some advice on what the market is or what you should accept, but it's your choice because if this ends up going bad, I mean, no one can predict buyers falling through one walking away. That's just, no, it's impossible. That's, that's just bad luck. That's just shitty. But I, I'm pretty prevalent about saying I will never tell you what to write or how much to accept because if it comes back, I don't want to say, I don't want to come back on me. I mean, just like a fine real estate gets a bad rep. I tell them like, I'm an advisor. I would advise you, which is probably your best route, but. If you want to invest in Enron, you invest in yeah. it. I'll tell you, it's probably not a good idea, but if you do it, I'll just be like, I told you I'm not doing it. We, we just, I just met with a couple of buyers um, before we sat in our podcast and th- they were talking about how they love doing these big barbecues outside and <laughs> they, and uh, I was great. And they were like, so you'll give us advice and, and tell us. And I said, but listen, this is a big decision. I can give you advice, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my money. That's your I, money. Yeah. It, it, it's your You're money. Right. I don't have a bedroom in this house, so I don't get to pick what it looks like. That's all your decision because the worst thing that's going to happen is you hate this house in two years, and at that barbecue, you're saying, fuck Ben Bolton and the Bolton <laughs> group. 
Well, they'll probably say that anyways, but let's be real. Um, what would they say when you said that, though? They, they love that. I mean, it's, it, it is. Well, it's honest. It, it's honest. This is a big decision, and if, you, if you're in the market to buy a house, know that it's a big decision. Know that you're not bothering your real estate agent um, when you're asking them questions. Don't blow your real estate up, the agent up at 1 a.m. every single night. But right. it, this is a big decision for home buyers and home sellers, and, and treat it as such. Don't, don't have somebody who, who's dismissing you or throwing you under the rug. So let me ask you this, because I had a I had a buyer's dad bring this up, and it was a pretty good point. He's like, you know, you can buy a $50,000 truck on a five-year loan, but when you buy a house that's $100,000, you're on a 30-year loan. Well, yeah. But people will pay that truck off. Americans are vehicle-oriented people. Back, back when um, so what's the your- market crashed, people kept their cars over their houses. They would pay their car payments over their house payment. Isn't that crazy? Really? Yeah. They would they would rather have their vehicle. They will people will spend more than they they should on a car, just have a nice car, and they'll live in a crappy house. We've all driven by that house. Keeping up with the Joneses. <clears throat> yeah. Sorta, of, but Americans are car people. But I thought that was a great point. He's like, I was like, that's that makes sense. You could pay off your house in 15 years. So $150,000 house, you bought a fifty thousand dollar vehicle. You pay off your house in 15 years if you really put the same amount of money down towards it. Yes. That's great. I never thought, of, I never looked at the house like that. I think a lot of people should because one well, interest rate would be super low if you go that route or you just double down on your 30 year mortgage. You pay it off in 15 years. But it was interesting. I mean, when you're talking to your buyers and they're saying, give us your advice and opinion, what'd they say when you didn't say, I'm not going to tell you what to do? When I tell them I'm not going to tell you what to do, it, I think they feel a little bit at ease almost, right? Okay. Um, if As long as I'm advising them. If I'm opening up a door, I'm no better than the, the internet competitors. I'm there to be an advisor, like Trent said, using that word. We are real estate advisors. If you are if you're pushy and, and, and overbearing, I mean, there's, there's a time where a gentle push to encourage somebody, if, they've, if they love a house, they've been through it twice, but they're just, they're struggling to make that to pull that trigger maybe that's where you, you you push a little bit right but if you if you're if you're pushing you're you're going to put people in a bad situation and maybe resent you later yeah i think you're right it's fine like you do have to push them to make a decision yes like, i push people saying like this will not be on the market tomorrow yes I think you, you will not have time to think but about th- those are factually oriented right pushes if if a house if if there's a out here it's the three bedroom two bath brick ranch uh, right. for under 200,000 if that's on the market today, it's not going to be on the market tomorrow. And those are those are pushes that I think are necessary because you are being an advisor at that point. Right. You don't have time to think about this, unfortunately. Right. If you yeah. want, if you want to hang out here for another hour, I'll schedule another showing. Right. Please don't make me sit in the house for two hours. But that I, I when I when I mean push, it's I don't know. I, I think when it, you you hear a lot of like I felt like I had to buy this house like my real estate agent made me feel like I had to buy this house yeah I've heard that 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 I'm not okay with and I'm with you the only thing I say is I tell them like if you really like the house I was I always ask what don't you like about the house yep what don't you if they say like minimal stuff I'm like will these tan beige outlets keep you from buying this house they say no I was like 
I would tell you to write an offer. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the paint color in the bedroom. Well, guess what? If that's what's holding you back, I'll go buy you, you know, fifty dollars Sherwin Williams. Yeah, paint. I'll yeah. buy you the best Sherwin Williams paint they got, a gallon of it, and we'll get this thing together because you can paint the walls. Yeah, and that's that's the same thing we're going to run into with the market coming up this summer. In my opinion, is you got to make quick, fast decisions now. Buyers are being smarter. I, I I'm all for that, but. Sometimes you do have to pull the trigger because you're going, I tell every buyer, you're going to go through a wave of emotions. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. Like you said, you're going to be excited. You wrote an offer. You're going to be scared shitless because you're like, oh my God, I just, I'm, trying, I'm on a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then you go to inspections. You're like, well, oh my God, I got 40 page sheet, which doesn't mean anything sometimes. Other times you're like, oh boy, you just uh, paid, what are we getting? You paid that inspector $500 <laughs> and they found everything and good for that inspector and their verbiage is. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick another uh, another bit of advice. Inspectors are supposed to find things. They're they're knowledgeable in all and experts. They're in like none. your mom when she's judging your boyfriend. She or your dad. Yes. Your dad. He is trying to find everything and Ben Bolton that's wrong, which is very easy and very obvious. But he is there to shit on your dreams and hopes of marrying him or buying that house. But there are times that dad is like, "Hey, that's a cool guy," or "That's a great house." Me as an agent, I'm like, yes. I mean, I had a buyer walk away because a tub was cracked. I'm like, oh, that's an easy fix. Yeah. I was like, we, you can get the seller fix that. We just weren't comfortable. And I was even the inspector told them their inspection was for a six year old house. This is one of the best houses I've ever inspected. But that that is not an inspection issue. That's a, yeah. that's a dealing with emotions issue. They weren't ready to buy a home at that point. And you've got what you have to do is you, you want me to finish the story because they bought, they went under a contract on a house was half the size of what they wanted. And then they bought and went through and no issues there. Weird. Bro, is one of those. You can't win. You can't win. They were great people, by the way. Um, it was just, they walked away and I was just, this is what they wanted. And the things we run into is when you tell someone what you want, we find you that. And then sometimes buyers be like, well, why didn't you show me this house? Why didn't I get this house? I'm like, because that is, a three bed, one bath, and you specifically <laughs> told me you want two full baths because you need one for you and your husband, and you need one for your kids. Yeah, we're a pre we're pre approved for two fifty three and a half percent down, and right. then they send you a four hundred thousand dollar house and say, "Can we see this?" And it says, "Can you give me a different pre approval?" You can't afford that. Nope, you can't afford that. All right, so let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. I am going to ask you one final question. We'll pose it to both of us. <clears throat> okay. Shoot. You have hindsight 2020. Yep. If you could have done something different the past two months during quarantine in your business, what would it have done or what would you have done more of? I would have been more productive. I mean, when I'm with my kid, we're, we're playing like it is nonstop. He does not leave me alone. But when he was down, I would have found a way to try or stayed up late, done something to keep prospecting and keep trying to get those buyers and sellers because they would have came into play even more, probably would have more closings, more buyers. Um, I would have tried to do something in that regards to keep the pipeline going. Can you, you take advantage of that right now? Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Exactly. Yeah. I learned, babe. <laughs> I learned fast. I would do the same. I would double down on my prospecting, not for the now, but for the future. Right. I would not have, I, I would have built, um, again, I will say, I think we're both, we're both looking 
um, pretty good. So we did a lot of things, but I would have just hammered it even harder. I would have um, doubled my calls and doubled my mm-hmm. future prospects because these people are going to sell. Um, I think there will be less buyers. Trent thinks there will be more. That That is the bet. The moral of the story is pandemic wasn't as bad as we thought originally. Correct. We'll see what happens. There were plenty of agents that sat on sideline sidelines saying it was a vacation. And some of us took advantage. Like, I still took advantage of it. So did you. But I think this summer, my opinion is it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crapshoot to get houses, sellers, buyers everywhere running around. Ben thinks it's going to be less buyers. Yep. And Trent is, Trent is, <laughs> he paused because he's pretty sure he's wrong. Trent is uh, under 30 days on the market. What he doesn't understand is the date in MLS counts days pending. So I automatically will win that. And on October 1st, we will have a an episode where Trent just talks about how special I am for five minutes. And we appreciate your time, guys, and look forward to another episode. All right. Thanks, guys. Episode three coming out.